Please be seated. Um, I had prepared uh, quite a detailed talk um, for today, uh, uh, but last night I was on patrol, uh, and it was quite a dramatic patrol, and I felt when I was back at base at half past two, quarter to three, I think it was, we got back, um, that actually what I wanted to do today was sort of scrap what I'd prepared and just talk about the patrol last night. Because in many ways, uh, it is a really great example of what street pastors do and why we're there. Um, most of you have heard me talk about street pastors before. So just as a quick over uh, site recap, if you like. We've been going in Jersey since November 2009, so we're about to celebrate our 10th anniversary. We've done, last night was our 495th patrol, um, and we've done basically about a year and a half of manpower service to the island over those almost 10 years in terms of street pastors and prayer pastors providing cover on the streets of St. Helia from 11 o'clock till 3 o'clock in the morning. Very simple message. We're there to provide reassurance, safety and support by listening, helping and caring. So if nothing else, try and remember those six words. Reassurance, safety and support, listening, caring, helping, helping, listening, caring. Put them in whatever order you like. It doesn't really matter. And last night was an absolutely brilliant example of what we're there for. Um, I'll apologise now, it is quite dramatic, um, so please don't be upset. Uh, nothing bad actually happened, as they say in the best films, no children were harmed in the making of this. Uh, um, so last night was really a story of two people, um, William and Holly, um, and it would be fair to say that both people had men mental health issues. Um, whether those were long-term or just a moment of stress, we don't know. Um, it's very hard to get a story from somebody who's not very sober and very emotionally um, challenged, is the polite way to put it, I suppose. So, first gentleman, Will, um, leaning effectively on the fence outside the town church just opposite Chambers, for those of you who know where Chambers is. Um, and at first sight, he was just drunk and leaning against the fence. I was with Jonathan, and uh, we walked past, and for whatever reason, I felt I needed to talk to him. And I can't explain why. I always, I've said, many of you heard me say this before, we always know, I think we always know, the one person that we're there to talk to that night, whatever it is. And for me, that one person was Will, definitely, last night. Started talking to him, and after about a minute, he just burst into tears. And, and at, at that point, he hadn't really said anything. He was too drunk, really, for me to hear anything he'd said. But he just burst into tears. And the next phrase he said was, I'm heading off to Harvey Park to kill myself. And that's just not something that you expect to hear from anybody at any time. Um, 
And all we could really do was listen to him, which we did for the next 25 minutes. We managed to walk him into the Royal Square, sit him down on a bench and just talk to him. Fortunately, his, one of his friends rang him whilst we were talking. Um, he'd had three phone calls whilst we were talking to him and he'd ignored all three. And then for whatever reason, the fourth person rang. Uh, he answered the phone. And I was able to ask him whether he'd let me speak to his friend. So I spoke to his friend, Liam, who turned up minutes later. He'd been looking for him. He'd been, he was riding a bike around St. Helier trying to find his friend. Um, and Liam sat with him, with us. Um, and we were then able to talk to him about the help he can get, the professional help, um, whether Samaritans, whether um, going into A&E and talking to the, the mental health triage nurses, whatever help he needs. Um, there is a story, I, I, I'm not going to tell you the backstory because it's a bit too upsetting, but um, that, per, that incident, that one conversation, is exactly what Street Pastors is there for, to listen to people who don't have anywhere else to talk to or anyone else to talk to. They're never going to set foot in this building. Much as we'd love to see them, they need a reason to be here. And most people are searching for something. They don't know what they're searching for often. But the ability that we had to just be alongside that person for maybe 40 minutes in the end we were with him for. Um, is, a, is exactly what Street Pastors is for. So moving ahead, later on, second half of the evening, um, a young lady called Holly. Now, I was out with Donna and Jonathan last night. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, Donna and Jonathan lost their son um, two years ago, I think now, two years ago. Um, so if, if anybody's got a reason to be angry with the world, it's Donna and Jonathan, or with God. Um, they met this young lady, Holly, and Holly was convinced that God had a personal vendetta about, against her. That's the only way I can put it. She was ranting and raving about everything that had gone wrong in her life, all the people she'd lost, um, the, the hurt, the pain, whatever. Um, and again, Donna and Jonathan were able to spend time with Holly just listening and absorbing that anger um, and frustration and all of the things that we all build up within us um, and if we're lucky we can let go of but if we're not they just get on top of us after a while um, and again at the end of the that conversation I'm not you know Holly wasn't there's no cure she wasn't wonderfully smiley and happy but she at least had had an opportunity to be listened to respected for who she was um, and given a voice, I suppose, ultimately, um, is what it comes down to. Um, so, last night, in one sense, great example of what Street Pastors is about, but I wouldn't want you to think that that's a typical Saturday night. Um, I was out a month ago, where in the whole night, we spoke to two people, um, and I, I've, again, I've used this phrase before, I couldn't have been wetter if I'd have jumped in the harbour. Um, because most of my street passers colleagues will know that I have a bit of a reputation and that when I go out it tends to rain. Um, so last night was, uh, was, was lovely because it was really quite warm, um, which for February is, is, a, is a real blessing. Um, so 
you know, it isn't always dramatic. Sometimes it's just being there that is what's required. Um, so I guess, in many ways, a bit like being in church on a Sunday. Some Sundays, I'm sure if you're like me, you're really engaged and you really want to be here and it's a fabulous experience and whatever. Other Sundays, you maybe just turn up and no expectation, no whatever. Um, sometimes that street pastoring, we just have to be there and be consistent. And the fact that we've been out every single Saturday since we started, plus some other bits and pieces, you know, the commitment by the volunteers to allow us to do that has been really dramatic. Um, and, and I think, for me, it's a real privilege to have been able to be the chair of Street Passers for the last seven years and be able to say that it's one of the very, very few things where it is genuinely the church that is doing something. You know, we have people from every denomination, as I, as I said last night, it's a bit like Baskin Robbins, there's 32 flavours of street pastors. Um, we've got Methodists, we've got Anglicans, we've got Catholics, we've got Baptists, we've got the Free Church, we've got people from the Church of Scotland. Who have I missed out? I mean, it, 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 yeah, they're, they're, it, it's, it's amazing how the, the church has come together to unify over one very simple mission to St. Helier. Um, how am I doing for time? Am I all right? Um, in the, in the, those um, 495 patrols, I've said um, uh, 470 man days it is actually the, the, the service that's been provided. Um, we've removed 18,000 glasses and bottles from the streets of St. Helier. Now, in one sense, I can hear you say, well, isn't that the street, uh, the street cleaner's job on a Monday? Well, yeah, maybe it is. But if you've ever seen the damage that a glass bottle can do in a fight or smashed glass on a pavement with bare feet when girls have removed their high heels at the end of the night, um, the cost, let alone the physical harm, the cost of treating that person in A&E if they cut their feet or if they're assaulted with a glass bottle, I mean, it could be fatal for one thing, but you know, just the physical cost of that is amazing. 3,000 pairs of flip-flops to people, uh, another 10 pairs last night. Um, it's you know, the combination of alcohol, high heels, cobbles, really not good. I mean, all you ladies who walk in high heels, I do admire you because um, most, of, most of your friends at that point all look like Bambi when they were very little. You know, it's, a, it's, not, a, it's not a good combination. Um, lollipops. Um, you'll have seen from the stand and probably before, we, we have um, chubba chops, lollipops. Um, 7,000 odd we've given out now. Um, it's amazing the effect of a lollipop on an aggressive person. Um, would you like a lollipop when they're about to throw a punch is quite, uh, it has a way of just sort of completely um, changing people's attitude. They don't seem to be able to respond to that. Um, it's also, they're really hard to get into as well, so they take a lot of concentration. So when you, it's, uh, it's quite a good way to break the ice as well. Um, but the thing that matters to me the most, uh, and the statistic that I always try and focus in on, um, over those years, we've had um, about 34,000 people we've spoken to. And we keep a weekly statistic sheet, so we're sort of pretty good at knowing how many people we've spoken to. So if you think about that, that's 
about a third of the population of Jersey we've spoken to. Now, we have some regulars who we've spoken to pretty much every week, I suspect, and there's one lady in particular who's had about 20 pairs of flip-flops off us. Um, but those 34,000 people, most of them, as I said, would never set foot in a church. So we've had the opportunity to be church for those people, to actually give them a vision of what Jesus would be doing and is doing for them on a daily basis. Um, and that, for me, is why I do it. Um, however, I am going to be stepping down as chairman um, at the March AGM. And my lovely friend Marcia, who you're going to hear from in a little bit, um, she's going to take over. So, again, today is an opportunity for me to thank St. Ones for, um, I suppose, letting me do this. Because at the end of the day, I wouldn't be able to do it if the church wasn't behind me, but also to let all of our other street pastors and people who are involved in street pastors from St. Ones, um, Julie, who's one of our seniors, um, Jerry, who's one of our prayer pastors, um, Frankie Frey, who's also one of our prayer pastors, and the individual people who pray for um, people within the congregation. We're incredibly grateful for them, but we're also incredibly grateful for the financial support that St. Ones provides. Um, you have been and I hope will long be our longest supporters um, and certainly one of our most generous supporters. So we're incredibly grateful for that money that you give us. It does allow us to do a lot of the work that gets done, um, basically helps to pay Donna's salary, which, without which um, it would be very, very hard uh, for us to carry on operating. Um, so I'm going to stop now because, as I said, I could carry on talking for ages. Um, you know, the stories and more stories and more stories. Um, the last thing I wanted to say, though, is um, uh, an apology, really, from Vinny, who would love to have been here. Um, most of you have heard Vinny speak before or lead worship or whatever. Um, unfortunately, Vinny's mum died two weeks ago, and the funeral was on Thursday uh, back in the UK, so he wasn't able to be here today, uh, which is why he had to put up with me, I'm afraid. Um, but, um, yeah, so that's, that's really all I want to say. So thank you for listening. Thank you for the support. Um, you're going to hear from Marcia a bit later. Um, and if anybody has any questions or wants to talk to me at any time, not, to, not necessarily today, but ever about street pastors, um, as you can tell, I'm pretty passionate about it, and I'll tell you everything. So thank you very much. Um, and uh, I'll hand over to Trudy again. Thank you. Oh, no, it's the readings, isn't it? Sorry. Julie. First reading is from Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. It's on page 210 of the New Testament section of the Pew Bibles. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, 
did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every other name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. The second reading is from Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 9. It's on page 88. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd he could not, because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him, because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, He's gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Thank you for inviting the street pastors to share in worship here today. I live in St Martin and I'm fairly sure this is about the earliest I've been this far west since I had a camping holiday at Daisy Cottage a few years ago. I love travelling though and one of my favourite songs from childhood is Go Tell It on the Mountain. I expect you know the words that follow. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. When I've been fortunate enough to go skiing and ridden the chairlift to the top of the mountain, it's easy to marvel in the wonder of creation and to want to declare God's majesty and power. However, I've learned that it's not necessary to go to the mountains or travel overseas as the same declaration has been made every Saturday night for the last nine and a half years in the centre of St Helier, where the church has been active on the streets, sharing this truth through the work of Street Pastors Jersey. Of all the gospel writers, Luke is perhaps my favourite. Maybe it's because he was writing for a non-Jewish audience that I find he's the one I can resonate with. Or maybe it's because he was a doctor and includes many stories about just how much everyone is valued beyond measure, even, and perhaps especially, those that society might consider worthless or turn their back on. 
And as you've heard Richard speak, the street pastor mandate is to offer reassurance, safety and support through listening, helping and caring, or caring, listening and helping, or helping, caring and listening as appropriate. When we are out on patrol, not only are we chatting to those who come up to us, including the chap who always shout, street patrol, street patrol, but we're also actively watching and looking for the vulnerable and the lonely. So perhaps you can now also see why I like this story about Zacchaeus. First of all, Jesus was in a town too, albeit Jericho, and despite all the crowds, he noticed the short figure of Zacchaeus up a tree and stopped to talk to him. Last week, I was out on patrol and round by the front entrance of the Jersey Museum when we heard coughing and saw in the shadows a chap I'll call Billy leaning against the wall, getting out a packet of cigarettes. We went over with a bottle of water and started to chat with him. It turned out Billy had dislocated his shoulder a few weeks back and is still in a lot of pain and was only out on the town because it was his brother's birthday. And the reason he was outside was because he was worried about being jostled at the bar. During the next 10 minutes or so, we got to know Billy better, and he told us that even harder than trying to return to his physically demanding job one-handed was the fact he was unable now to do the sport that he had thrown himself into as a way to deal with a recent relationship breakup. As our conversation drew to a close, Billy said, thanks for coming over and having a chat. I didn't think anyone would notice me here. Better yet, as we left, I called Sally, who was one of our prayer support team that night, and asked her to hold Billy and his situation in prayer. It doesn't always work like this. Um, for example, a few months ago, uh, early on in a patrol, the team came across a young woman, who I'll call Jane, sitting alone in a dark doorway, who was visibly upset and very cold, but who also made it perfectly clear that she did not want any assistance from from or even the company of the street pastors. So after leaving her with a bottle of water and a thermal jacket, they reluctantly moved on and left her with the prayer support team. How did Zacchaeus respond by being noticed by Jesus? Well, he astounded everyone by sharing his wealth and then offering to pay compensation four times more than was necessary. In short, pardon the pun, he, was, he responded by being generous. It is because of God's generosity towards us, shown through the gift of his son, Jesus Christ, whose life and ministry, death and resurrection, demonstrated once and for all that each and every one of us is precious beyond measure and invites us to enter into a new and fulfilling relationship with God that begins a transformation that within that can change not only our lives, but also the world around us. The faithful response of this congregation to God's generosity is shown through your generous financial support of street pastors. And I have the privilege of being able to say a huge and heartfelt thank you. Your generosity means that those parts of the body of Christ that are not called to be the feet on the street are encouraging and enabling those that are. And I'm just sorry that I can't properly explain to you how powerful the act of generosity 
of giving without strings attached is to those in need on a Saturday, whether it's flip-flops, water, a jacket, a lollipop. For some, it's truly mind-bending. And so, for the last 495 Saturdays, a team of Christian men and women have been visibly out and about in the middle of town, seeking to reflect God's generosity and Christ's compassion through conversation, practical aid, and prayer. My hope and prayer is that we are challenging preconceptions of what the church is, especially when we're out and it's pouring with rain, blowing a gale, or simply bitingly cold. And that by showing up week in, week out, those we meet might start to see beyond the lollipops and realise that what Christ offers is reliable, relevant and real. But what of the end of the Gospel reading from Luke? Well, do you remember Jane, the woman in the doorway who only wanted to be left alone and who was left with a bottle of water, a thermal jacket and surrounded by prayer? Well, fast forward to the end of that evening's patrol at the other end of town. The team were surprised to see Jane now wearing the coat, running up to them to give them each a hug and say, you don't know what you did for me tonight. I was seriously and genuinely considering stepping out in front of the next car. But now I have my taxi fare and I'm going home to my young son. It is my belief that Jane had, through the actions and prayers of the body of Christ that night, sent something of God's generous and limitless love and found new hope and chosen life. Amongst all the numbers that Richard gave and the statistics that we keep, we have no way to count those who might have been encouraged to find out more about Jesus or to commit their lives to him. But I do know about the conversations I have had and the genuine questions I have been asked, such as, so what's life all about then? I mean, really. By a young man outside Liberation Station at 20 past two one Sunday morning. And I leave them all in God's hands. In conclusion, and in anticipation of the next 10 years, I want to thank you again for your generous, ongoing and essential support of street passers in Jersey. The support that is not only financial, but also prayerful. And I leave you with this encouragement from Galatians, chapter 6, verse 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Amen. Amen.